When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow. But I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. With hosts Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having. And Emily Lubin. Remember, choose like you have a secret. We're here to amuse your boosh. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Remy. And I'm Emily. And today, I'm so excited. I have a guest in the studio today that I have been, I haven't been this excited for a guest ever, ever. My older sister, Melissa Lubin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm also so excited to be here. It didn't take much convincing. That's good. I would do anything for you. I know. (laughs) You know that. It's so, it's so true. Like my sister has an adult job. She's a boss. Mm Mm-hmm. She's executive producer of a post-production company. I don't know if that's TMI. No. But you have a real job. You don't need to be here. But you're here <laughs> because you love DST. I do. And you want to contribute and you want to be a team player. And you and, love Emily. And you love, and uh, yeah, I hope so. That's for sure. And um, yeah, just thank you so much for coming on. And if anything makes you uncomfortable, you will let us know. Yeah. Um, I will. Thank you for having me. Of course. So today we're talking about body image and sisters, uh, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners may relate to. We have a lot of sister girls that listen. I'm a sister girl as well. Tell us about your sisterhood in general. Are you guys close? Have you always been? Are you asking me Both or are of you, you asking her? So Melissa is um, eight years older than me, mm-hmm. seven and a half years, something mm-hmm. like that. So when I was... Like, honestly, I would say before the age of 18, you were basically my mom. Mm, like, second mom. Yeah, like, it wasn't a sisterly relationship in terms of, like, I, I wasn't, we didn't go to school at the same time. Yeah. We didn't have any of the same friends. Like, there wasn't really overlap there. But I was painfully jealous of her. Aww. And, like, looked up to her a lot. And she was very much a caretaker towards yeah. me. Do you think that's fair? I definitely do. And I took that role very seriously. I mean, I, I remember I would braid Emily's hair every morning. Two oh. French braids every morning. Yeah. I looked like a pilgrim from <laughs> grade <laughs> kindergarten through eight. I thought it was fabulous. Yeah. Well, I look back on some pictures and I'm like, maybe not the best choice, but... <laughs> Well, we've also we've already mentioned jealousy. Were you ever jealous of Emily? Because I know as an older sister myself, when Charlotte came along, I was like, younger and cuter, younger and cuter. And I'm done. You hear that a lot. But no, I, I will. I think it was I know from stories and just the way my mom approaches advice for me with my sons Mm -hmm. my parents they took it very seriously to foster a a good relationship between the three of us that was really one of their top priorities and we had a really really loving relationship the three of us it really was like I get so uncomfortable when siblings fight like especially when I'm around adult siblings that fight Mm -hmm. because we just never really fought like I mean, we had, I guess there were times that I we thought bickered. this episode was going to be relatable. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess like sometimes we bickered. Yeah. But 
No, it it was like kind of one of the house rules was like you don't say anything bad about your siblings. Like that's nice. You guys are in this together. I love that. Um, but we also had because of the age difference, yeah. we kind of had different parents. I didn't realize this until recently, but like. You know, because I, I grew up with most of my childhood. I had a single mom, like I was in a mm-hmm. single parent household. Yeah. Um, and then my and when I was a really small child, my mom was going through like a kind of a messy divorce. Mm. And then in middle school, she got remarried to somebody who um, we didn't like so much. He might have been a little emotionally abusive mm. <laughs> in retrospect. But like but Melissa had a different experience. Like our parents were they got divorced when she was like eight Mm-hmm. And then you were out of the house by the time mom remarried and mm-hmm. stuff. So like yeah. when people say like, oh, siblings are the only ones who understand what it's like to grow up with the same parents. The, well, Sometimes not. That is true. Yeah. I, I do also think you kind of have different parents. Totally. Like we're a family of four. And so the parents that my oldest brother got 11 years later, Charlotte got. So they were at a oh, totally wow. different place in their relationship as well. Yes, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And did they parent you guys differently because of that? Like, especially in regard to food or eating or body image? I'm, I'm going to let you take this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> where do we start? I mean, I know that's what we're here to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <clears throat> I think that when it comes to food and body image, I've had this discussion with Emily a little bit. We've mm-hmm. never delved that deeply into it because you don't want to start a fight well <laughs> I th- not a fight it's just like painful yeah it's just painful fair. stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah and awkward but it's important I I think Emily thinks and correct me if I'm wrong I think you might suspect that we were parented differently when it comes to food and body image and my stance has been which I think you're you've been surprised about is that it really wasn't that different mm. um I know some households, you know, have here's the food this child can eat and here's the food mm-hmm. that child can eat. It wasn't like that. No, it wasn't like that. Like the yeah. And and in terms of bo- body image, I think we both definitely got the message very early on, it's not good to be fat right. and it, and you should want to be thin. Mm-hmm. Like the method to getting there was different, but the message was kind of the same. Exactly. But another thing is um and we haven't talked about this in many, many years, but our our mom was a binge eater. Like she would hide food. Yeah. And um, it kind of was a joke for a long time that she would hide food in like under the bed and, you know, pints of ice cream and mm-hmm. family size boxes of Oreos and stuff. And when we would walk into her room, she would kind of like tuck it really fast under the covers. Yeah. <laughs> We'd always be making fun of her, but like looking back on it oh uh, like I realized that that's that's where I modeled a lot of my serious unhealthy Mm -hmm. stuff with food and I know that you kind of have you or you had not the best relationship with food and like always um identified as a big eater Mm. and I think that's where it was different Melissa was allowed to be be a big eater eater. like people used to say we would go out to eat like Mm -hmm out to dinner and people would say oh where do you put it all for sure and nobody was asking me where I put it all because it was quite obvious did that make you feel bad when people said that or did you feel good when people said that did it have zero effect on you said to me that I was a big eater yeah I liked it I thought it was kind of quirky I thought it was fun Mm -hmm. I could put it away I loved eating Mm -hmm. but I realize now looking back I I've had this um self-identity like oh I can put it away I'm a big eater and and it's Mm -hmm. only the past few years once I've learned more about intuitive eating and I've Mm. been on a personal growth journey that I have realized I'm really not a big eater I think even back then yeah I was restricting so when when I would go out to dinner it was like that vacation mentality Uh out to dinner this is when you Mm -hmm. go nuts Mm -hmm. right and then you'll and that's when you're in front of other people yeah but when you go home it's different so they just have this idea that you do that all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or let's say we were at a family function. A lot of times that's when I remember people commenting or I'd have a competition with my cousin. Like, I can eat more than you. You can eat more. But it, oh, yeah. often it would be like a weekend when we would be with dad. 
Mm. And I think we were just hung. I was hungry. I'm always hungry wow. at dad's house. Yeah. Why? Because he doesn't stock the fridge? It's, <laughs> how do I even begin to explain this? It's the same I, at my dad's house, if I that's get, like, the answer. I get food insecurity the second I walk into oh. his house because it was always like we had to ask to eat something. Oh. Like, it, it, it wasn't, you he know. He doesn't like, say make yourself at home? He does, he and he's does. a great host, and he makes great meals. Mm-hmm. He just, he's not a very hungry person, mm. so he doesn't realize other people might. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it was always just like, you know, if I were to go into the kitchen and get a snack for myself, yeah, I would kind of be met with like, oh, oh you're, yeah, oh, you're just, you're just yeah. going right into the pantry and yeah. just getting some uh, chips ahoy. Yeah. You know? Oh, I hate that. And I hate when people go, oh, you're, you're having that right now? No, I'm just opening the packaging, <laughs> putting it in the microwave, Smelling but it. I'm not having it right now. No, I'm practicing for later. I'm practicing yeah. for later. And so yeah. I, I know you guys kind of feel similarly when you go into their homes. Do you feel like they ever compared you body type wise to each other? Like, did they ever call out like, oh, you look so good or you look so tall or you know what I mean? Not like, well, to me, not outwardly. Okay. It was more just like, she was able to do things that I wasn't able to do. Like, uh, you know, she was sent to ballet camp. I was sent to fat camp. Mm. <laughs> she was taken on shopping trips. I was bought, you know, old Navy skirts mm-hmm. in bulk in different colors mm-hmm. and like given them to wear to school. You know, there were just certain things that I, I felt like weren't really for me. Yeah. And they were more for, for you. At least that was my perspective. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. And how do you not fight with that level of inequity? Because my sister and I, we try to make every, at least our parents try to make everything equal. Like we've had birthdays where somebody will get a present and then the other one gets one too, just so it's like. Oh, so did we. Right? Like so Birthday how. Birthday sister present. So how do you avoid <laughs> conflict if you're like, oh, I'm off to fat camp or whatever. Like how I do don't you know. not get to do this? You know what? I don't know. And I, I, I want to ask her questions about fat camp because yeah. I realize that I never have. But um. I think it's just not our sensibility. I, I think it, honestly, I don't think we can take credit. I think it was the age difference. Okay. When, when you're that far apart, they're really, you're, you're not the doing the same thing at the same close. time. So yeah. you can't compete really. Yeah. 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 It's like you're removed enough that you don't think about it too much. Yeah. Right, 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 right. No, that makes sense. Like Charlotte and I are only four years apart and we didn't overlap in school, but still we were close enough that people would go to her and say, how do you feel that your sister's hotter? And they would come to me and go, how do you feel that your sister's hotter? That is so mean. So mean. I mean, I do remember being in elementary school and you were doing some kind of like fashion, like design class. Yeah. And they were doing um, a fashion show in the elementary school. And somebody did come up to me and say like, wow, your sister's really pretty. Mm -hmm. Do you have the same parents? Oh, (laughs) Like, do we have the same dad? I was literally telling her the other day, 
some people think we look so much alike. Mm-hmm. And then some people literally ask if we have different dads. Mm-hmm. And and it's been like that ever since ever since I can remember. Um, you know, they would be like, Oh, your mom's gorgeous. Oh, your sister's gorgeous. Mm. Are you related to them? Or oh, <laughs> that's yeah, what it always felt like. Maybe that's what you think it always feels like, but I'll tell you. So I had an experience recently. I went to see for the first time a doctor that you see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our whole life, I guess we sort of have to go back to the beginning because the audience may not know, you know, h- how truly mm-hmm. stunningly beautiful our mother is. Mm-hmm. And so anything that we talk about, any of our experiences are going to have evolved from that, that place, yeah. right? So my experience, Hot my mom's whole, yeah. disease. <laughs> She's fristy, frankly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anywhere we, anywhere I've ever gone my whole life, I met your mom. She's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, and still, I go to pick up my sons at school. Mm-hmm. Your mom comes to pick up your son every day. Oh, my gosh, she's so beautiful. How does she do it? My husband goes to pick up my son. Your mother-in-law is so beautiful. You know? Mm. <laughs> yeah. And we that was every... also another weird thing. I don't know if you had that happen where people be like, your mom is so hot. And you'd be oh, like, yeah. Thank- thanks. It's, that was Like, I literally disturbing. don't know yeah. how to respond to that. Yeah. But, but I went to see a doctor that you see recently. And it was... Oh, I see your sister. So beautiful. She's oh. so beautiful. Yeah. And it was just like, it was always my mom. And now I have that 2.0. See, it always you. happens oh, wow. yeah. on both sides. And and I feel like every sister feels like it's only happening to me. I'm right. the one yeah. that people like think is like the less worthy one. And it's like, no, everyone's just always comparing you to your sibling of the same gender, especially if you're a girl. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. It's and just usually part of you it. Don't. Like no. usually people don't want to be compared. No. Because we're different people. Because we're different people. And also like, so? Right. Like, are you telling me you want to fuck my sister? Like, Which is cool you, if you do. <laughs> no, but like I can't set you up. She has a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So right. like, what are we doing? Are we just trying to make one sister feel bad? And a lot of the times, like I know in middle school and high school, they were. Like yeah. they would phrase it that way. How do you feel that your sister's more true? You know, like. <laughs> Everyone becomes your therapist in that moment. Mm-hmm. They're like, how's it feel having a stunning sister? <laughs> yeah. Like, gee, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a weird, it's a weird dynamic. I mean, for a really long time, I definitely felt like the less attractive one. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, I really stopped caring. And then once I stopped caring, I started to feel attractive in my own right, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. The the main thing was that she was so petite. Like, that's the one thing that people would always say. And I'm like, oh, I, I really can never be that. Right, because you're tall. I really can never. Because I'm tall and I have, like, broad bones and I'm built differently. And I, I'm just not petite. Like I'm I would not, say you're a pretty willowy person. Not compared Not compared to my sister, though. So it's just... Compare and despair, my friends. Yeah, but, that's what but, a yogi used to say in class. And I was like, you're so smart. Now let me out of this post. <laughs> <laughs> but that is like what what it is. Like when, when somebody's constantly being praised for like being small and cute and like even like, oh, you have little tiny doll feet. Like my sister's little like a, hands. a size six shoe. Like yeah. I could never be that petite and I think like it it was directly connected to femininity and like this Mm. idea of like oh being smaller is Mm -hmm. more feminine and Mm -hmm. being bigger is less feminine for sure of course I always wanted to be taller yeah Yeah. oh yeah and I I didn't even realize until like four years ago that she she like it really upset her when I would call her short Mm -hmm. even in jest Mm -hmm. you know because sometimes I'll just be like oh you little yeah. Be a little stump, whatever. Yeah. Like I just like <laughs> I think she's cute, and like I would make a joke about how she's short, mm-hmm. and then one day it just bubbled up to the surface, and it was just like never call me short again. Yeah, and I was like, oh damn. Well, on that note, Melissa, how have you personally felt about body image? Um, I I remember being very concerned about my weight about my Mm -hmm. size about being thin you know as far back as I can remember really I mean I'm Mm -hmm. sure there was a time where I was a really little girl that I didn't concern myself with it but and from listening to the pod I know that you can relate to this I was in a ballerina so Mm -hmm. you know from 
I would say, you know, not even full on puberty, just like f- you starting to grow hips, right? Mm-hmm. You're far away and you look in that big mirror and yeah. all you see is a little pinhead with yeah. a little ballet bun and these big hips and I, bigger hips. And mm-hmm. I thought I was getting fat. Right. And which sucks. From then on, I mean, I remember there's there's certain things that really stick out of my mind. I remember one summer, I must have been 12. I remember that's when I started like, okay, you I can't I'm going to be in a bathing suit today. I can't eat before I'm in a bathing yeah. suit. Yeah. I'm going to the beach. I'm not going to uh, eat breakfast. And I mean, that's that's young. That's young. Um but it's not uncommon. I'm sure it's not. Yeah. Well, where where do you think that was coming from in the ballet context? Like did you have teachers that would make subtle comments or anything? Or were, like, girls talking to each other? Like, where do you think it was coming from? No, I don't I don't think I ever had a teacher comment negatively on my body. I don't remember that. Um, you know what I do remember, though? I, I always felt small and I always felt thin until we – I have a cousin. Mm-hmm. We have a cousin that's my age. Mm-hmm. Until I would go be with her mm. because she was – taller and leaner college cheerleader Mm -hmm. yes and I would go do dance with her over the summers I would go shopping with her for back to school school clothes and that was my only time and my only experience in my life when um I would get comments comparing me to her oh Oh, she uh, we would go to the limited two and the saleswoman would help us and say oh she can wear this but that's not you're shorter and stumpier Uh that's not that one's it's not right for you. It's yeah. happening to everybody. It, it, yeah. With so, some family member. We have to give you the stumpy jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I know. And I it never, I never forgot it. But so I'd say in dance, um, it wasn't outside influences, you know, except when I would be with her and maybe the teachers would compare us or mm-hmm. that was a short time in the summer. But for the most part, I, I don't remember any negative comments. It was, it was. I mean, I was obsessed with dance magazines, mm-hmm. going to ballets, watching ballet. I, and they I, all I looked a certain yeah. way. You don't have to hear were, anything. Yes. You see it. I see my teachers. They're sinewy and tall and lean. And, yeah. you know, like, so um, it, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't only from that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, all the women in our family were very thin, mm-hmm. very beautiful, Um so seemingly effortlessly yeah also Mm -hmm. is like worth noting like I I don't know if that's actually true but like that's how it was portrayed to me was like oh we kind of just eat whatever and we just stay thin that is what it seemed like I don't think that's actually true like now after a lifetime of spending time around those the women in our family and seeing the way that they all eat around the bread Mm -hmm. freaks me out they yeah. all eat around the bread. Um, but that's like, I think it was part of like projecting this image that like, oh, we're just, this is how we are. We're just naturally tall and thin. Mm-hmm. But like, how natural was it? Yeah. I guess. I've had the similar discovery with people that it was, oh, it's so effortless. And then you spend like a lot of time with them and you're like, you only had a banana for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yes, you never really know. You always tell me yeah. about these pancakes. Where are they? <laughs> When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E. F-O-O-D-S dot com. Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers 
and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Did you know about Fat Cam? Do you mean, did I know you were being sent to Fat Cam? Yeah, like before it happened, did you know that that was the plan? Mm. If I'm, I don't remember that clearly, but if I'm being honest, I think I don't know that I didn't that I knew you didn't know, but I believe I did know you were going. Yeah, I don't know if I've camp. said on this show like I didn't know it was a fat camp I until I got there. Realize that that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I de- I definitely said I went to fat camp, but that's like a big part of the story. Is um, they showed me a brochure. And it, it didn't say anything about weight loss. It just said, like, strength, self-esteem, fun. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, like, they're really pushing self-esteem at this camp. I don't know why. And then I show up and, and quickly realize that it was, <laughs> it was intended to help me lose weight. Mm-hmm. I know. That must have been horrifying. But it also was kind of a sign of the times. Like it was a little more common back then. So it's hard to think about it in this context. Like if I tell people about it now, a lot of people are really shocked. Mm -hmm. And back then it just wasn't so shocking. I had lots of friends that went. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I feel like there were a lot of people that went. I think there was a reality show about it. There was. It seemed a little more normalized. And I looking back now, it's like, of course, that's so um, in humane that you didn't know what you were going to but I think at my age and at the time I wouldn't have thought of it I just thought oh of course we're all making a decision that is best for her Mm -hmm. not that I the decision was in my hands but um I definitely thought it would be good for you at the time Mm -hmm. I I I am pretty sure of that yeah and she was always really supportive like we would have to go see nutritionists together. Mm-hmm. And like I said, even though she didn't have a weight problem, I, you know, I, I had, quote, a weight problem. That's not really the way that I think about it now. But and my brother had his own journey with with his weight and he's, you know, struggled to a certain degree with his weight, too. Mm-hmm. But we all had to go to the nutritionist. And so, like, if anything, in a lot of ways, I think Melissa may have suffered Mm. in that like she had to take part in these things so that we wouldn't feel left out or we wouldn't feel like we were being treated worse. For sure. Yeah. No, I had a a sibling that I used to go to a tutor with because he needed to go to a tutor Mm. and I would be like, oh, I have to do this. And my mom would be like, oh, we'll buy you a beanie baby. Uh, (laughs) Great incentive. (laughs) What kind of tutor though? Just like it was like a, it was called Huntington Learning Center. And it was just a place to go after school, help you with your homework mm-hmm. if you were like struggling okay. or whatever. And I'd be like, I don't need this place. But it was like, we don't want to make your other sibling feel less than. Right. You have to be um, supportive. Yeah. But then did that impact your body image or how you ate after? Definitely. Yeah. But I was, I was actually, I remember it as sick as it is. I think I was in maybe late elementary school or, or early middle school. And I was grateful. Like mm-hmm. I, I was, yeah, I was a child, you know, I was thin and I was small and I, but in my head, I still could have been thinner. Mm-hmm. I still, you know, so I was put on the same diet and I was grateful for it. And that wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't good. Yeah. 
but um, I was happy to be eating the same diet foods they were eating, mm-hmm. honestly. I remember when that Fat Camp show came out, I was like, ooh. I was how so much do you, How much do you have to weigh to go to there? Because I want to go. The The reality is you can go at any weight. Right. Like, really? It, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Oh, my God. So when I was at fat camp, there were some kids there. And and keep in mind, I was there at age 10. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so young. There were some people, uh, children there who were there for weight maintenance. Mm. So they were there not trying to lose weight, but trying to maintain their weight. Mm. So, you know, I can only imagine that their parents were like, you better not gain any weight. We're going to send you a special camp. And I always felt bad for these kids because I was like, oh, you shouldn't have to go to this place, whatever. They would give them special wristbands that um, basically meant they could like get an extra portion of cake or like, yeah. And, um, And at the time I was trying to be a vegetarian. So I had a green wristband, Mm -hmm. but I realized that if I turned it over, the color on the other side was white and that was maintenance. Yeah. Nice. So I would turn it over if there was like, you know, a a dessert that was especially appealing um, and try to get an extra dessert. So I had all like all these hacks, Mm -hmm. but the kids that were there for maintenance, I... I'm not kidding. Like some of them had the most fucked up relationships with their parents. Mm -hmm. And I saw on visiting day, I had a friend named. She was from the South. Mm -hmm. She was a down ass bitch. And her dad came on visiting day and she was like, can we go to Outback Steakhouse? Or like she wanted to go to Chili's or something, some chain. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you're not getting fat again. And it's like she was actually never fat to begin with. Yeah. She was never fat. And just seeing the way that these parents would talk to their kids, I I remember thinking like, oh, I'm actually grateful that Mm -hmm. my parents kept it a secret from me, that they're not bullying me. You know what I mean? Even though, you know, that that wasn't the right way to handle it either. But at least it was better than saying like blatantly outright, you're not getting fat again. You're going back to that camp type of thing. Mm -hmm. They didn't bully me like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. But yeah, you were thinking that the other people didn't even need to be there. But also at the end of the day, like neither did you. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I could I could get lost in the sauce talking uh-huh. about this, uh-huh. but I really want to direct it towards my sister. For sure. I, you know, I've also talked about in college around the time of your wedding was around the time that I decided to lose weight yeah. in a very serious way. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, did you feel pressure around that time to, to look a certain way for your wedding. Because, yeah. like, if I felt the pressure, you must have been feeling it 10 times more. Of course. Of course. I mean, but at that time in my life, I, I, it was my late 20s. I mean, my whole 20s was really all about diet and exercise besides work. Mm-hmm. You know, work, friends, family, diet, exercise. I mean, that was it. You know, yeah. I, there were so many things. I look back now, you know, work events and, and, opportunity you know things I shouldn't have been missed out on or Mm -hmm. trips or that I would forgo because I had a personal training session or I was going to the gym or I didn't want to yeah yeah and I I pretty much all my free time was spent working out or preparing food in a way that I thought was Mm -hmm. the most healthy um and so leading up to the wedding that ramped up but it wasn't it wasn't that different from my mm-hmm. normal from, daily life from what my life had been yeah. all the years leading up to that. I, I just had a flashback. I remember your personal trainer put you on this cleanse and I hope it's okay for me to say this, but yes, he put you on this cleanse that was like, and I went on the cleanse as well because I remember you lost like a lot of weight for you. It might've been four pounds, but yeah, for but me, for yeah, you, at the time, small. cause you're small and um, height does matter. Mm-hmm. Height matters. If somebody is 112 pounds and 5'2", it's different than somebody's 5'8 and 112 pounds. 100%. Like, and, and that's like part of the um, privilege, I guess, of being tall is that your weight distributes differently. Like y- right. you could gain 10 pounds and people might not notice it as much. But yeah, so you, you lo- fluctuate more as a small person. You know, yes, I, I, probably. is that true? I, I don't even I, know. A small difference makes, makes, you, makes, makes you notice it, it more because yeah. you're so little. Right, right. But I remember that cleanse. I was doing it and then you wanted to do it. And I said, I would get it for you for your birthday. Oh. And she did. And she did. I cringe now. But I wanted it. But you were... <laughs> 
in your disorder. I know. And I didn't know. She didn't know at the time. But I was so disordered and everyone was so disordered. Right. We talk about, of course, you you were way worse and it was to the extreme that I would have never wanted for you. But I... I was just so in that mentality that you, that's just this is what a nice you have thing to, to do. do. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to diet all the time. Cleanses are the thing to do. It's expensive. What I mean, a nice this, gift. This <laughs> cleanse, I don't even remember the name oh, of it. I remember. It tasted like soggy wasa bread. Yes, it did. Like it, mm. it was like this powder that you would put in this shaker cup and you would drink it like whenever you would have a meal. But then you could have half an apple. Ooh. Or pepper. <laughs> Half a pepper. Half a pepper. Half an if avocado. If you're going crazy, you could have half an avocado. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But but really, when we're breaking it down, like the bread and butter of what you were eating was like this soggy wasa bread shake. shake. Ugh. It was um, like a mix of vegetables. Is there anything that you eat now that reminds you of that taste? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing could Ugh, taste like You're so lucky. because <laughs> there's. So there's some cleanse I did where it had like fruit juice in it. And there are certain combinations of fruit juice that I'm like, this reminds me of like being so hungry on a plane. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I, I do think for me, my my sister eats apples and peanut butter for a snack a lot. I don't mm-hmm. really like apples. And I wonder if that's part of the reason. Because like I did see that as a diet food. Uh-huh. Like you eat an uh-huh. apple in between your meals and you're good all day. You know? Yeah. Um. Or like, you know, people used to say like, are you hungry? Then eat an apple. And you're like, I don't want an apple. And and they're like, oh, well, then you must not be hungry. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, fuck off. I'm just not hungry for an apple. And I don't know if I ever will be again. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my up- Upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Tell us how you got acquainted with intuitive eating. I mean, I know the answer, but tell the listeners. Yeah. Emily introduced me to intuitive eating. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely. I think I was at a point where I was just so tired of dieting. Nothing mm-hmm. was working anymore. I had done every diet in the book. I was saying, I think I was saying, I guess I'll try Weight Watchers again. I mm. mean, oh, and, yeah, and I forgot your Weight Watchers stint. Let's go. Let's let's also go back. I I didn't need to be going on a diet right. either at this right. time. It was really like I said. I just thought. I just assumed everyone had to be on a diet all yeah. the time. Yeah. And they stopped working. So yes, I had gained a few pounds, but because nothing was working anymore. But quote unquote working. Were quote unquote, quote unquote working yeah. anymore. My body had, was trying to feed itself and mm-hmm. to adjust. To where I should be. Well, but and also you were aging, and yes. your body changes as you enter your thirties, and and I had had a child. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. And and Emily said, you know, I've been learning about intuitive eating lately. You really should check it out. There's this book, mm-hmm. and, and it just spoke to me so much. And um, I knew it was giving her so much freedom. So I was so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. But I just, I found it at a time when I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And I just needed something else. And I needed to find a different acceptance and philosophy that would bring me to, for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, Can we go back to the pregnancy for a second? Absolutely. Okay. So Emily and I have spoken about this and I think a lot of people feel this way that they're scared about pregnancy, not about like parenting, but 
what it's going to do it's to their body. Scary. Yeah, you it's know scary, scary, but what it's going to do to your body in an aesthetic way, yes. I think, is a lot of focus that people they that it really stops them sometimes. Um, it's not the vaginal tearing or the butt tearing or whatever. It's is this going to make tearing that happens? My brother ripped my mom's butthole right open. Sorry, oh, mom. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> big head, big head. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of people are always talking about, is this going to make me gain weight? Yeah. Um, did you have those fears? I feel obviously. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't stop me from pursuing having a child, which I wanted. I guess I wanted more mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. I wanted to maintain the body I always had. Yep. Thank goodness. But um, yeah, it, it was really hard. And it still is. Post birth. Post two birth. Trying to quote yeah. unquote snap back. Two births. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, she has two kids. Well, I, I, you know, I think what's so scary about it is the unpredictability because every pregnancy is different. I mean, even for like even for you, both your pregnancies were very different. Yes. Um, so you just never know what's going to happen. Um, different you know, in the way that you carried or different in the way that in you ev- looked? In every sense of the word, like okay. different symptoms, different amounts of weight gain. Different cravings. For sure. Well, you have a story about a pregnancy craving that is so do you do you know what I'm talking about? Definitely. The yes. first pregnancy. Actually both. So so the first pregnancy, um, mm-hmm. yes, I was still very fat phobic. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still very um Thank you for body labeling conscious. what that is. Yeah. Because that's what it is when people are nervous about it. Inter- uh, internalized it's internalized fat, fat phobia. phobia yeah. Absolutely. Um and I was committed in my head. I'm gonna eat. I'm going to eat the same way I always do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to exercise the whole pregnancy. I'm not going to indulge. I'm going to eat healthy. And there was one week, I can't remember what week it was, but something was clearly going on where all I could think about was pizza and chicken parmesan. Mm. Pizza and chicken parmesan. It went around and around in my head. I couldn't think of anything else. I couldn't, And I didn't feel well. At least they go together. Yeah, oh, I feel like other people's cravings <laughs> are like pickle sour cream. You know, pickle sour cream doesn't sound too bad. It actually doesn't <laughs> sound too bad. <laughs> so I, I kept not letting myself eat it all week. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Just stick with your salad. Stick with your sandwiches. Stick with whatever I had in my head that was quote unquote healthy. Mm-hmm. And finally, it was Friday night. And I was like, I'm going to order a whole pizza and a chicken parmesan for myself, and I'm going to eat. And when I tell you, I I ate as much as I could eat. I went to bed, and I felt so much better the next day. Yeah. I had energy again. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel shaky. I, I There was something I needed. Mm-hmm. I needed to feed myself, and that was okay. So I had exactly that one craving. The first pregnancy, it was that. The second pregnancy, there was one day. All I could think about was pad thai. And I had learned from the first pregnancy, just do it. Just do it, yeah. I ate the pad thai that day, and that was it. There was exactly one craving. That's so interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's not like how I typically think of no. pregnancy cravings. No, but you know, everything is One day I was hungry. Every, everybody's no. different. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but what's interesting about it is like chicken parm isn't even, I, I would say that that's not even on your top. 10 favorite foods. No. Like it's just something that she wanted and it's because baby wanted it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gotta be. There's no other explanation. Does the baby like chicken parm now that he's yeah. out? Yeah. Nice. He's a fan. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my parents always say that Melissa's made of muffins and frozen yogurt because that's what that's my, what she eats. That's what my mom Ate during pregnancy. Oh, 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 right. And apparently that's like all she ate. <laughs> muffins and frozen yogurt. And do you like Every muffins day. and frozen oh, yogurt? Yeah, definitely. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, did you gain weight after having kids? Um, I'd say with Oliver, I, you know, I was very focused on losing it all. Yeah. Right. Quickly. Personal training sessions. Mm, yeah. As soon as I could. And you know, your body working out while pregnant too. Yes. Yeah. Till the very end. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and you know, everything does not come back the same way for me that a lot of women are different, but for me, mm-hmm. it, it never did. But, um, I'd say on the scale, things return to the same, but you know, hips and waist and whatever. Distribution. Yes. Yeah. 
But Scott Disick said it once after Courtney gave birth that he was like, it's like you're in the same living room, but the furniture has been moved around. Oh, what a jerk. <laughs> I, I love Scott Disick, but wow. Uh, right? <laughs> you love him? You I, love him? Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're, we're talking later. Sister <laughs> fight. <laughs> this is what does it. This is what causes the fight. Yeah. That is that is just wrong. But also, Emily is team Raquel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, not true. Um, Whoa. <laughs> You're okay. just being controversial. Yeah, I, I don't come from because. <laughs> um, but we've talked about this before. A lot of women will say certain things. Like, I feel like there's this folklore around pregnancy and around child rearing. And it's all to do with women's bodies. Yes. A lot of women will say like, oh, if you breastfeed, the weight just falls off of mm. you. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely not true for everyone. And we've talked about it because that wasn't true for you. No, that's one of my pet peeves because people um, people tell it to you like it's 100%. Like yeah. it's a hack. Like yeah. this is going to happen. Yeah. So when it then they breastfeed their kids until they're like five. Right. <laughs> Like, I'm still hoping it's going to work. Yeah. No. When it didn't happen for me, it was pretty devastating. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, my body held on to the weight while I was breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just know now that just nothing is universally true for everybody. Right. Um, I was so, and you're so hungry. You need to keep eating to fuel what your body is Oh, because it takes doing. so much energy it to does. breastfeed. Yeah. It does. And um, so I had to let that go and I had to let the disappointment go that that wasn't going to be, mm-hmm. you know, my thing. And I, and, you know, so between having my two t- children is when I found intuitive eating. I was going to ask. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And s- that going into the second pregnancy really saved me. Oh, good. Because I had a whole different outlook the second time. It... I, I let myself eat. Mm-hmm. Um, I let myself not worry as much. I'm not going to front like it didn't bother me. Like, mm-hmm. and I had I had gained a good bit of weight before I got pregnant with that pregnancy. So then afterward was even harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and your doc, I, am I wrong in um, remembering that your doctor kind of expressed concern that you had gained weight? He did not not once I got pregnant. It, it was right. in between the two pregnancies. Um, I came hmm. in and I had found intuitive eating and initially it was really a refeeding period for me. I was nourish I was letting myself eat and I was letting myself nourish myself yeah. for the first time in my life that I can remember. Just went through a huge physical feat. Yeah. 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 But also and like after years of of restricting yeah. and dieting, you you do have what's called extreme hunger. Uh, so, you know, whether it's physical or emotional, you do feel much hungrier than normal. So a lot of people when they first start intuitive eating, they do gain weight. Mm-hmm. And I certainly did. And I feel like you're about to say that you did as well. I did. I I came in and it had been six months since I'd seen him and I had gained 10 pounds. And he's, whoa, you know, this freaked him right out. You know, Mm. did you? And even before he looked at the numbers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He actually delivered us. Oh, my God. And my my children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Freaky. (laughs) Wow. Um, He, I said, oh, you know, I don't know what the numbers are. I don't weigh myself anymore. He said, I didn't look at the numbers. I looked at you. Ugh. And I said, okay. He said, um, I just don't want to see you in here in another six months having gained another 10 pounds. And I said, well, I don't think that's going to happen. But he said, make another appointment to come in to talk about di- going on a diet. What? This is not his field. He's not. Yeah. I love, I love, I do still love and see this doctor, which okay. maybe that's messed up. That's I could for another day. Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's for another day. But Let, I just real quick. It was four o'clock in the morning after you had given birth and he made me go out to get him a soft roll with ham. What? <laughs> he put you to work? I didn't he remember put me that. To work. He lets himself snack at four AM. But, but I could you have no yeah. <laughs> you well, just made a human. He's been delivering he's giving the gift of life all day. You know, uh, he's, he's physically giving the gift of life. Uh, listen, I'm with you, Remy. This guy's just like a good old fashioned misogynist. Get out of here. <laughs> well, he said, I said, well, what, you know, what kind of diet are we going to, am I going to go on if I come in here? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I've newly found intuitive eating. I, I'm, I'm really working on my body image and mm-hmm. body positivity and body acceptance and all these thoughts are, oh, and at the time I had started seeing a body, a, a therapist basically for nutrition. I don't yeah. know what, a body positive. Oh, a health coach? A, a body positive. Neutral. 
body neutral yeah. health code. It yeah. was basically like body oh, I, positivity I actually therapy. did not know that. Yeah, I started doing that. And so I have so many conflicting thoughts and emotions going through my mm-hmm. head. And he says, well, you know, 500 calories a day. Jesus. And I said, I said, he said, you have to starve. What the He said, you have to fuck? starve? And I said, I just don't believe in that anymore. And he said, well, what do you believe in? And I said, I'm, I'm trying to pursue intuitive eating. So he mm-hmm. says, well, what? So eating what you want whenever you want? And I just didn't have the tools to, to argue. Or explain um, yeah. it. Yeah. And, and pretty soon after I got pregnant and that conversation kind of, you know, took, took a back seat. Um, but that was, that was really difficult. Yeah. No. And Emily, you were saying that a lot of people, when they start intuitive eating, they gain weight and like, that is okay. Of course. The goal of intuitive eating isn't to eventually lose weight. You know, it's to lose that part of your brain that harps on weight all day long. Yes. See, that's, that's the thing. And, and it's something that freaks people out. I I got freaked out because I tried to start the process a few times before it actually stuck because, you know, a few weeks in, whether it was real or whether it was perceived, I thought I had gained weight. And Mm -hmm. I, I, you immediately go back into that mentality of like, I'm not doing the right thing. I need to go back to what I was doing before. And then it kind of prolongs that. But once you just allow yourself to fluctuate the Mm -hmm. way that you need to, Mm -hmm. eventually you level out. And that doesn't necessarily mean you will lose weight or gain weight. You will just reach a plateau a plateau that is right for you yeah where you actually do feel healthiest and it it ends up surprising you yeah you know like I thought I would just keep gaining weight until I was 300 pounds Mm -hmm. but that did not happen it really it really leveled out and you know I I I never think about the scale anymore yeah um but that transition is difficult it was very difficult. It was very scary, but I, I, I'm proud of myself that I continued to pursue it because I, I'm not going to front like I have a completely healthy relationship with food now and that I mm-hmm. never restrict or I don't, you know, think about these things. Mm-hmm. I'm still working, working on, on it. it. It's yeah. still a work in process. But the biggest change for me is I've, I think I've really adopted the intuitive eating body positivity mentality. Like I don't. I mean, I, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I don't, I think I even used to feel the need to control people's weight around me, like Mm. the people in my life. I Mm -hmm. think people on the street now, I, they walk by me and I think, oh, she looks fabulous. Like he looks awesome. Like I see different bodies and I, I, I love them and appreciate them for what they are now Mm -hmm. versus having that mentality that I had before that everyone should be dieting and mm-hmm. I really I really did a lot of work yeah that went so far beyond the the intuitive eating part of it yeah you know acceptance for myself and others acceptance for others as a byproduct or maybe it's vice versa yeah yeah I, I think about that all the time that the moments where I've been the most judgmental about myself, I'm also the most judgmental about other people. Yes. And yes. the moments where I just let myself be, I'm like, wow, everyone is stunning. Yes. It was really about me. It yeah. wasn't about them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I made like a little observation and I don't know if it's just me or if it's everyone. When you're on public transportation mm-hmm. and somebody is either staring at you or you feel like, oh, somebody was looking at me a little too long. Do you think that they're thinking something negative? Yes. Because I I always do. But then I notice that when I stare at people, I'm always thinking something positive. I'm always thinking like, oh, I love their hair. I love their Mm -hmm. shoes. I love their outfit. Fall in love with me. (laughs) (laughs) If I stare long enough, maybe they will. Um, But... It, it So that kind of also shifted my mindset. Like I think, say what you want about body positivity, but there is something to be said for just thinking positively yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to think like, to not always go to the worst possibility of like, this person's staring at me because my widow's peak is huge. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like that's not usually the reason. I'm going to use that. The next time I catch someone looking at me on the subway, I'll just think maybe... Maybe they like the, yeah, maybe they like the way they're I look obsessed. Today. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> maybe they're just staring off and it happens to be in my direction. For yeah. sure. So what do you want to leave the people with? Oh, no. We want to keep it's sister so time forever. It's so sad. It was so good being here with you guys. What do I want to leave the people with? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, people often write in and they're like, we want to hear from normal people mm-hmm. who have real nine to five jobs. Who and like, she does. And, and you do. So like sometimes even longer than nine to five. Yes. What do you do <laughs> when you need to put yourself together and you're not feeling your best? How do you rally? How do you yeah. inspire yourself to conquer the day when you're just not having a good body image day? I love makeup. I always have. So Makeup's definitely. Fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'll take my time and really do it. I think that can be one way to rally. I mean, I can imagine the feeling towards uh, spanks and things like that on this podcast is not favorable, but sometimes, you know what? I I don't think there's anything wrong with shapewear. You don't? No, I mean, I do go back back and forth about it, but like, you know. I think it's uncomfortable, but but personally, a lot of people say beauty is pain. And so if you're willing to go through that pain and it makes your head feel more comfy, then maybe worth it. I have to tell you, sometimes it's just that layer between myself and the world that's like protection gear. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what? I can sometimes that helps. And um, just getting out the door, putting one foot in front of the other. Mm hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, my kids help. My kids help for sure. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. They look at me and say the nicest things. And yeah. so I try to remember that. Yeah. I like the makeup idea, too, because it's not just like, oh, I'm trying to cover up. It's like a dedication to yourself yeah. for like a, a bit in the morning that you're just like, oh, look at me and look at my little artwork. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's wearable art. Yes. Wearable and art. You know what? I never felt that way. Like, I always thought it was just a chore to put on makeup and... I don't wear it every day, but lately I have um, kind of come around to it as like, oh, this this can be kind of a meditative practice in the same way that skincare is. Yes. Like I am making myself look polished and like kind of making myself feel ready for the day and more confident. It's it's less about how it makes me look and more how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think makeup can be very powerful and also just like makeup looks on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Oh. They're doing amazing things. Yes. Yeah. Well, I loved this chat, like as the one who's not a sister, I mean, I'm a sister, but I'm not the sister duo that is being interviewed right now. Um, and I think it's just really interesting that you both have come from very, uh, the same family and you have similar struggles. And it's, I think, always just interesting that you can grow up in the same house and not really know what the uh, another person's going through mm-hmm. um, until you have these conversations. Yeah, it's been a gift to be an adult and not seen as, you know, the baby sister. Mm. Like we're we're kind of on a similar mm-hmm. um, wavelength mm-hmm. now that we didn't used to be. And that's it's it makes me very happy. And more conversations to come. Yes. And I, I'm assuming you do not want people to follow you. <laughs> <laughs> you can, but you won't see much there. Yeah, there's not a lot there. But guys, Very just private show person. her some love. Slide into my DMs. Yeah. Send us an email if you like this episode because uh, I would love to hear feedback and I know my sister would as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Melissa, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. I love you. I love you guys. And, <laughs> and I am a huge fan. I listen to every episode. Oh my God. It's the only fandom I care about. <laughs> Will you be my big sister? <laughs> Gladly. Thank you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, you guys, now it is time for something we're calling the V-Files, presented by Queen V. At Queen V, they want all people to feel close to their vagina, just like the relationship with their BFF. They're strong, unique, and they look out for you in ways you may not even realize. Your vagina is your VFF. 
The topic of vaginas and vaginal health has traditionally been considered taboo, creating a sense of shame and stigma, which we hate. And because of this, many people lack understanding of their own vagina and can feel out of tune with their body. Queen V and DST are trying to change that with the V files. We asked you to share the questions about your vaginal health you're too afraid to ask your friends. So, Remy, are you ready to open up the V files? Oh, yes. All right. We got a V file. Dear DST, is it bad that I've never been to the gyno? Like literally never been to one. How often do you go? Just worried it'll be awkward. How old are you? How old are you? If you're under the age of 18, no, it's not bad. But if you are over 18 or sexually active, Mm -hmm. you should be going twice a year. Yeah. And, you know, you at least need to get a pap smear every year. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of things that the gyno can check for you that you otherwise wouldn't even know to look out for for yourself. Um, It's really good to get a checkup. Um, Even after you start your period, I think some people recommend going in just to make sure that nothing is quote unquote wrong. Yeah. Um, I understand more than anything this fear that it will be awkward. This is their job. Mm-hmm. You are not the first vagina they are seeing. You are not the 50th. You're probably like the 50,000th. Um, so In it, a tapestry of vaginas. Yes. I mean, that is so true. It's kind of like when you see a spider, you're they're, they're more afraid of you yeah. than you are of them. Like The gyno is not afraid of your like, vagina. Will it be awkward? It might be awkward for you, for you. but yeah. it's not awkward for them. So just remind yourself of that. And a good gyno will make you feel comfortable. You should mm-hmm. feel comfortable with your gyno. Usually people will have a talking portion before they even examine you. And that's a real... Have you had that or no? Yeah, but... My, I'm not going to lie. Like, I do feel a little awkward going, but it's fine. And it's, that's okay, too. Like, yeah. just knowing that we all go and some people feel a little, ugh, you know, like, it still does. It shouldn't stop you from going. Um, yeah. Your health is very important. Your vagina is a source of a lot of health issues, potentially. Well, I will say something that I hope is encouraging for you. I think it is more uncomfortable to go to the dentist than the gyno. Ooh. And that might be a hot take, but I think it's way more uncomfortable to be there with, you know, somebody holding your jaw open and cleaning all your teeth and poking at you and your gums than to just have somebody, you know, open up your legs, stick a speculum up there. I mean, just is doing a lot of work in this sentence. (laughs) It's a little it's a little cold, but like whatever. You know what I mean? I would prefer that over someone poking at my teeth for half an hour. And I would say there's a lot of things that you go in and you feel awkward, whether it's getting waxed or something, you know, Mm -hmm. like do something like at least waxing that it has no health benefits (laughs) right you're still showing someone your vagina so if you're going to do that you might as well go to a gyno but don't also feel alone if you feel awkward like don't know i i totally felt so awkward the first time queen v did a survey asking 1500 people about their vaginal health and um in that survey one out of three have not visited a gynecologist at all because they're worried it would be awkward or embarrassing so i want to uh make that less um but also just know that you are not alone and you're not weird for feeling that way. But it is a hump you should get over and get into your doctor. Yeah, I, I, it says that 50 percent of 18 to 24 year olds who have visited an OBGYN felt very uncomfortable during the first visit. And that's mm-hmm. that's disconcerting. Like, I do think you can vet a doctor beforehand. You know, y- you don't need to like necessarily do anything that you're not comfortable with or if you go there and at any point you're uncomfortable you can leave you Mm -hmm. can find another doctor Mm -hmm. just keep reminding yourself of that and in all likelihood it'll be fine and no disrespect to doctors without vaginas but I have found that I like going to those types of gynecologists with vaginas a little better because at least you're like you have one too yeah I'm with you. Just get out there and do it. The fear of the thing is always worse than the actual thing. Yeah. And that is 50% of a first visit. I'm sure Mm -hmm. the second visit is much more comfortable. I know that they got way more comfortable for me every single time. And this is just a side note. Sometimes you go and you might be surprised. Like sometimes it's the gynecologists, at least that I've seen, Mm -hmm. they're so cool. They're so with it because they look at vaginas all day. Like (laughs) they just have such a cool, 
uh, energy about them. And sometimes you get a compliment. My guy told me the other day that I had beautiful fallopian tubes. Really? And like, that's not something I ever would have known. So you might surprise yourself. Yeah. Just go. That's it for today's V Files presented by Queen V. QueenVLife.com is your one-stop shop for feminine wellness. And if you're looking for some great new refreshing wipes that you can use every day, look no further than Queen V's Fun Wipes. These V-intimate wipes are great for a fun time at home or on the go. Use them after an intense or not-so-intense workout. During that time of the month, post-sex, while you're killing it at work, or after a long travel day. Each wipe is formulated without harsh ingredients because your V deserves to have a crayon very good time. Yeah. They're gynecologist tested, free from parabens and artificial colors, pH balanced, and microbiome friendly. I love these wipes. I think they're so cool. Post-sex, yes, but also I... I'm always thinking about like, oh, do I need to fully shower after a workout? Not with these bad boys. Nope. Just wipe your tits, your pits, your holes and your souls. <laughs> They're do it all wipes. No, I I, uh, I could not consign this more. I love these wipes. Yes. So go try the fun wipes, the intimate wipes for yourself by visiting queenvlife.com. Again, that is queen, V-Q-U-E-E-N-V, life.com to join the queendom today. You guys, that's it for today's episode. If you liked hearing from Melissa, um, let us know. DM us. Um, you can also send your questions to dst at betches.com to get them answered. If you have other sister stories, we want to hear them. Sister, sister. Follow yeah. us at <laughs> <laughs> follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. Uh, please write us a review. Click five stars. Say something nice. Yeah. And don't forget to check out our DST merch at shop. Betches.com and follow me on social media at Lubination. Follow me on social media at Remy Casimir. And of course, we're always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com or your voicemails to 212-287-5650. Betches.